0: You're listening to the Worst Guys Fantasy Podcast, where you get all your fantasy sports advice to help you dominate your leagues year-round. Here are your hosts, Karma and Lior.
1: Welcome to the show, guys. It's good to be back. There seems to be a game going on every hour of every day right now. With baseball and basketball coming back, it appears that baseball's fantasy season has taken control.
0: So that being said, in this episode, I feel it's necessary. We break down some of the guys who could be hidden in those fantasy baseball leagues Some of the guys we feel are the buy low candidates of the week, as well as give a shout out to those hitters and pitchers of the week for us. Uh, If you're not following us on Instagram, we already posted them. It's at Worst Guys Pod. Give us a follow if you're not already. That being said, let's roll into it. Our first hitter of the week, you know, you may have seen him in the headlines. He's kind of been taking up all the stories. It's so the Supreme Court Justice out of New York, Mr. Aaron Judge.
1: <laughs> yeah, Aaron Judge, you know, he started off the season pretty slow, you know, in that first weekend down in um in Washington, and then he he picked it up, man. I, we're kind of getting worried when those games got postponed, if they're actually gonna make those games up and they've M O B figured it out, put him in a in a series with the Baltimore Orioles when they were supposed to place the Phillies. And Aaron Judge is caught on fire. And I remember early on in the season, I was kind of worried that I wanted to get one of my guys. You know, we talk about it in all our episodes. Get your guy. You want to make sure you get your guy. It was either between Aaron Judge and Stanton right there. And I took Judge just because I felt like Judge has a good history of at least staying healthy compared to Stanton. I know they both have their injury concerns.
0: As long as Judge isn't running into a wall, he's healthy. Yeah.
1: J- Judges does a pretty good job. I know he missed some time last year, but not compared to Stanton's like 15 games or so that he played last season. And Judge caught fire pretty quickly. He, you know, he was the first Yankee since Alex Rodriguez to hit and homers of the first five games of the season, and he hit six of them. His stats right now are like seven home runs for the season 12 runs, 13 hits, 17 RBIs. He had a pretty Bad day today against the Tampa Bay Ways. I think he went 0 for 4 with three strikeouts. Aaron Judge is not a batter you take and expect him not to strike out because his strikeout numbers are pretty high usually. But that's because you know you're hitting for power and it's a new baseball nowadays. Is
0: yeah, exactly like you're saying. The modern day ball, it's boomer bust. So when you have a hitter like Judge, who like we said is one of those boomer bust hitters. Going up against uh, Blake Snell in Tampa Bay. We understand Blake Snell. He's coming off the injury. He has the pitch limit. But two years ago, Blake Snell was a, a Cy Young candidate. One of the best pitchers in the league. So he still has that stuff. It's not unlikely he strikes out. That being said, though, in that first week and a half of games, this guy put up 12 runs on 13 hits. He gave you those seven dingers. And on top of that, 17 ribbies. And like you said, you, you had the worry of uh, missing out on Stanton because of how hot Stanton started. You know, but to put it in perspective, uh, since July 31st, they've had the postponements. They've had all this, yada, yada, yada. But in total, the guy's batting two for 21 since that date.
1: Yeah, I mean, no, Stanton's still very um, one of the top
0: pitchers in baseball, and he will be
1: continuing on for the rest of the season. And I was just getting kind of worried that maybe Judge had messed with his swing a little bit throughout this whole you know, the two extra months they had off or whatever it was. And, you know, I was getting kind of scared. I was like, man, I really wish I was able to get that guy, but <laughs> I'm happy now. And I feel like Judge is one of the players, unless I'm getting blown away by an offer. You know there you have these type of players unless you're getting blown away by an offer, you really cannot trade them, especially if you have an emotional attachment. I know it's fantasy, but you know these players you want someone that you're watching on the day to day basis, and that leads to you know one of our other players of the week if there's there's always issues around drafting players from Colorado due to the fact that they' are away games they they seem to be having a different level of success in away games. Instead of how they play in Colorado, but Trevor Story has started off the season pretty hot here. He was also our Player of the Week, and you know the whole story was focused around Nicholas Castellanos. And I don't want to turn to the fact that that guy's had a hot start to the week, and but just for sort of Trevor Story's numbers here, he's been hitting for average. He has eleven hits, four home runs, five RBIs, and two stolen bases, which was. Still pretty effective throughout the hot start. And, you know, this week he had a couple games at home. I believe that story will still be consistent and he will still have the production that you had drafted him for early on in the first round or in that turn pick in the second round.
0: Yeah, I mean, listen, the guys going on average uh, throughout all uh, all drafts, we're talking ESPN, CBS, uh this is a cumulative that we get from fantasy pros. Uh, he's going 8.8 usually in the draft. So he, he's a first round pick. And to get these numbers, you're happy. Now, as you mentioned, the world is focused on Nick Castellanos. I just want to give him a quick shout out because he is doing fantastic. And kind of give a little bit of background why we gave Trevor Story the edge. Through that first week, Trevor Story with the 11 runs, Nick Castellanos with the 10. Yes, he is batting. 3 3 you know, above average. But then we go over to the home runs. Nick Castellano does have the edge at 6-4. But when we're talking about a team in Colorado, I believe it was their first home stint of the season. You get a couple more of those uh, thin air atmospheres, those homers are going to rise. But the thing is for us, in terms of fantasy... We like guys who get you points everywhere, fills out every single type of category. And this dude, Trevor Story, he already has the two still stolen bases. Meanwhile, Nick Castellanos is as athletic as he is. He doesn't really steal bases, so he has zero. So we give the edge to Trevor Story just because we feel like. There's an extra category filled. In terms of Fantasy. That gives Story the edge. And we're talking not just points, but Roto Leagues, Category Leagues. And on top of that, the head-to-head point leagues.
1: Yeah, and um, they're both off to a hot start. I know Castellanos got Player of the Week and the NL Division. And Aaron Judge got Player of the Week, I'm pretty sure, for the AL Division. So it was pretty neck-and-neck neck between Castellanos and Trevor Story. But I think the, the outcome of it was that we believe in consistency, and Trevor Story is going to be your number one player on your team. You know, week in, week out, for the for the most part. Along with some of the pitches that have just blown us away to start off the season, and not very surprising for one of them, but the other, on the other hand, Sonny Gray has just completely revitalized his career here in Cincinnati with the 3-0 start, under one ERA at .96. He has 28 strikeouts, and look at that whip, .7 and just... Completely hot start of the season. I was kind of surprised by it, and if you're able to draft him, you're kind of you're pretty excited for the production that you're able to get from a pitcher like Sunny Gray. I know a lot of pitchers out there that were drafted early haven't really been able to perform at that level, and you're able to get Sunny Gray at his ADP in the ninth round it was at 107, I believe, and that's great value to start off the season. He probably won you a couple weeks there. But if, you're, if you had those pitchers you've drafted early in the second, third round, or even the first round, Justin Verlander's out for the year most likely. Max Scherzer's Max Scher- just
0: left with an injury. Yeah, Max Scherzer
1: took himself out of the game with an injury. Strasburg hasn't pitched a game yet. And I, Walker Buehler hasn't looked that very good for the Dodgers so far.
0: His control is all over the place, and I just want to mention it as a Dodgers fan. That Madison Bumgarner's velocity is off by four miles per hour.
1: <laughs> yeah, um, we'll get to the Madison Bumgarner and the whole that Arizona Diamondbacks pitching rotation just looked completely awful for the beginning of the season. And me and myself a Robbie Ray owner, kind of shocked by it, and it's kind of looking at like where did these how do, like what happened to these pitchers? You kind of start to worry if they were. M- trying to change a lot of things in the offseason maybe some control um, some mechanics and sometimes it's good for you sometimes it could hurt or sometimes you're caught in the in-between of not knowing in which way you want to use your mechanics and you know when you're working on some new things or going back to old things and sometimes you're caught in the middle in between those and and robbie ray has looked lost out there on the mound and bomb garner has lost his velocity as well Listen,
0: one thing I, I want to ask you real quick. As a Robbie Ray owner, the guy, you saw a lot of talk on Reddit, on Twitter. He had Cy Young potential because of just the sheer amount of strikeouts he got you last year. He he was an amazing strikeout pitcher last year. And I remember we, we were watching the previous uh, Robbie Ray start together. The guy was throwing... Outside the zone left and right. And is it a loss of command? I don't know. Is it a change in uh pitching game plan? I don't know. However, though, as a Robbie Ray owner, given what you've seen so far, is he a drop?
1: Uh I don't think he's a drop as of now. You know, he's had a he had a tough matchup in the game we we're talking about against the Houston Astros. So when you have a pitcher going against that type of offensive lineup. You could take it with a little grain of salt. Okay, yet he got shelled. Maybe, maybe I shouldn't have started him. That's, that 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 depends on. Sometimes we have we have a saying that you always start your studs here. And I'm not saying Robert Ray is my stud, but I just had a pretty good feeling that maybe he was able to bounce back after two bad starts. And that wasn't it. <laughs> that wasn't <laughs> it. But but also on the other side, Lance McCullers didn't look so good for the Houston Astros either. You know, he broke down in the third inning right there. He gave up eight runs. He only had one strike. He told it up with a 19.64 ERA. With, you, know, you had your our boy Cole Calhoun hit it inside the park oh home run. Oh, my
0: goodness. I'm so glad you brought that up. I'd love to give a great shout-out to the Gunther. <laughs> Stone Hanson, my boy. Cole Calhoun is his man, and I have hated on Cole, Cole Calhoun since maybe 2013. I've hated this man. Oh, do I love him after that hit?
1: <laughs> yeah, he was able to... I you know you always... You know, we're kind of biased on this on this podcast, but it's always good to see the Astros get a nice little rock in here and there. And that ending was <laughs> that ending was just crazy to see because I was hoping that that would help Robbie Way secure the dub. And, then, and he, was, he still came back and gave up some home runs to George Springer and the rest of this crew. But still holding on to Robbie Way because I want to see how he does in his next... Starts, but I might bench him next week because he's at he's away at Colorado, and you know sometimes if you have a pitcher coming off some bad some bad outings, the last thing you want to do is start him when he's in Colorado against that lineup, playing in that ballpark. So you know I'll take it a day to day basis, but the moment I'm ready to drop him, you know I'll let you guys know. But enough with the negatives here. Our other pitcher of the week and. You know, we're not surprised here because last episode we talked about him being a candidate and our favorite for the Cy Young, and that's Shane Bieber. He's your guy here, Lior, and he started off pretty hot, sub one ERA at .83. He has 35 strikeouts, for goodness sakes, and under .7 whip.
0: Listen, as you well, well, well know, I'm a believer, okay? Now, uh, if I'm not mistaken, I drafted this guy last year, maybe like the fifth, sixth round. Ended up getting to the finals because of it. Now, Shane Bieber has probably, in my opinion, the filthiest fucking stuff in the league. It's disgusting what this guy does. Just to put it in perspective. okay, listen, in his last start, right? He had 106 pitches. 23 of them were called strikes. 18 were swinging strikes. It's a total of uh, 41 strikes. 41 strikes on 106 pitches. However, this guy still has 35 strikeouts. He only has a whip of 0.69, 0.7 whip. This guy doesn't need to get it in the zone because he has so much fucking movement. I, I... Karma, when I tell you I love a pitcher, I haven't loved a pitcher this much since before I was born and my predecessor of myself loved Bob Gibson. <laughs> I love Shane Bieber. He is Cy Young material. I wouldn't be surprised in this 60-game season if he ends up with one loss. Yeah, I and mean, in the Cleveland Indians, their offense is starting to pick up
1: here, so you might have that run support. Early on, it looked like very shaky, you know, how the Cleveland Indians offense was going to come out. But you saw how they did the other night, and they just completely dominated the Cincinnati. And they're looking pretty good. But his next start is against the young, the young hot White Sox. And the White Sox sometimes could get cold. You know, they're missing Tim Anderson right now. Um, but Luis Robert, Young Moncada,
0: Jose Abreu are still looking pretty. is listed day-to-day. We'll see if he's there.
1: Yeah, so it's a it's going to be a good test for Shane Bieber, but I do respect him. You know, Shane Bieber is a pitcher you start against any matchup. You know, no he, matter who he's playing. If he's playing the Yankees, Dodgers, Astros, it doesn't matter. You start your studs on this podcast. You guys hear me? You start your studs because you don't want to be afraid if you throw a pitcher out there against a weak lineup, then he gets shelled because that's just life. But if you, if you want to sit your stud against an offense because you're scared – Oh, I know what to tell you. Fantasy baseball you, is just not
0: for you. Sports in general is not <laughs> for you. What do you mean? You, you don't want to start your stud because, hey, we're going against. Let's just put this in perspective. The world was terrified of Kershaw from like 2012 to 2015. 2015 comes around. The world learns Kershaw doesn't have a seventh inning. Hey, maybe Bieber doesn't have an eighth because <laughs> at the looks of it, he's got a seventh way more than Kershaw.
1: But yeah, I you know talking about starting your studs and being scared to start them against hot offense. You know, this week, a lot of owners were having issues if they wanted to start Aaron Nola against the Yankees. And look, man, he was able to pull out a great game there. You know, I know it was the seventh inning game only. He went six innings.
0: Yeah, he went six innings, but. More importantly, in those six innings, he got 12Ks. So we're talking two Ks an inning. Stand that over nine. It's a beautiful number. I don't want to do the math right now. Don't blame me. But uh, only gave up a run. It was a non-decision. So if he got that run support, if Bryce Harper wakes the fuck up, if Andrew McCutcheon finally starts doing maybe three years ago, Andrew McCutcheon shit will be happy. Listen. Philadelphia is in a position with Aaron Nola to do great things in terms of fantasy. He ended that game with 25 points. You add a win on top of that, that's 30 points. That's Shane Bieber numbers.
1: I know that Phillies had a pretty rough start to the season with all those games being postponed due to their contact with that Miami coronavirus. So you can't really knock them for coming off pretty cold here. They were able to take two games away from the Yankees, so that's pretty impressive looking at it. At this perspective, I I still believe Bryce Hopper's going to wake up here. Didi's going to do pretty well. Not really sure about McCutcheon here. Rice Hoskins not looking that great to start off the season as well. JT Realmuto, though, has recently woken up. Yeah, JT Realmuto, if you're able... I know not a lot of us like to draft our catchers early, but if you're able to get JT (laughs) Realmuto... And at least you didn't draft Gary
0: Sanchez. Because Unless, <laughs> hey, if you're drafting a catcher early, at least you didn't go yes. You went JT. Yeah.
1: Or Gary Sanchez because his start Oof. of the season has been... That's horrid. Yeah. it's It's been disgusting. But, you know, you hang on there for the Gary Sanchez owners. He's going to turn it back around eventually. But, hey, the catcher's positions are very iffy. There's five, six catchers that you want to own draft that you feel very comfortable with. We're talking about the Contreras. You're talking about the Mitch Garvers.
0: Hey, I, I'm glad you mentioned Mitch Garver because this guy was supposed to be like the sleeper cell in terms of catchers. Dudes only put up eight points.
1: Yeah. And hey, man, that happens and <laughs> that happens in fantasy baseball. And that's why a lot of people like to punt catching. Sometimes it it, you, it pays off. If, if you're out there and you're listening and your catcher has just been just
0: shitty. Hey, throw him, get a nice utility. Yeah, yeah.
1: throw him and use a nice utility. Man, bench that spot, because you're not going to get much production
0: from that. Speaking of utility, I just want to bring it up. I'm usually not a fan of the strictly DH position, but uh, for some reason, he fell to me at 87th overall. We're talking the eighth round. Mr. Nelson Cruz. Hey, listen, I mean... He's, what, like 41 years old or something? The guy is putting up a three seventy-three average. Yeah, he only got the three homers. I understand he doesn't have that boom power that he used to have, that Nelson Cruz boom stick, you know. But this dude is putting up 15 ribbies. He has three extra base hits. You know, all three of them are doubles. Uh, He's batting... Nineteen for fifty-one. Out of those nineteen hits, he scored. He's made a run on ten of them. Not to mention it, he's given you sixty-five fantasy points in terms of ESPN, giving you the number one DH.
1: Yeah, and you know, prior to the coronavirus season, Nelson Cruz would have been a would have been a hitter. You took him later on in the draft because of that whole DH spot and the utility. But now that every team here has a DH spot, Nelson Cruz, man, that stock probably skyrocketed, and you know, luckily for you, you're able to snag him early. And for me, the DH spot's very tough for me. There's only a couple of DHs that I would want. You know, that's JD Martinez, Nelson Cruz, Jordan Alvarez, and man, Chris Davis is just falling off the fucking face of the earth here. Because, and we're talking Chris with the K. Yeah, we're talking Chris with the Crush Davis here. Not not Baltimore Orioles because he hasn't really been very really productive there for the Oakland A's. And if you have Chris Davis and you wasted a pick on him, I think there's a lot of more talent out there in the way of And we'll get into that right now coming up for the players that you should be looking to pick up. And for the players that you should be looking to pick up in the free agency, some prospects here and some players that are just very hot. You know, we're starting off here if you're looking for some help in the outfield if you're able to pick up Will Myers and I know I had made the mistake for I, I talked myself into picking up Will Myers early on in the season and I was like all right let me get this guy you know I loved his stuff last year him in Tampa Bay now he's in San Diego I'm a huge fan of the San Diego offense and you know I got put in predicament where I was points chasing I was points chasing points chasing and I needed I needed some Need some points here. So I dropped Will Myers and picked up Louis Garcia from the Chicago White Sox because they had a double header. And hey, man, that that kind of completely messed it up for me. I know Garcia was able to pick it up, but he didn't do anything for me in that double header. And now Will Myers is literally taking the league by storm. And he should be owned in all leagues. And twelve-point leagues, I'd say, you know, in 10-point leagues, maybe you could go without him. But in a 12-point league, five outfielder. Will Myers should be owned and must own in 12 and over. Yeah. Must own in 12 and over.
0: Exactly. And, you know, we had our prospects real quick, though. uh, Just to mention the the rise of Will Myers. When we started to make our notes for this episode, it was what, like three days ago. The guy was listed at 57 percent owned throughout all leagues He's now 80% out in all leagues.
1: Yeah, so the trend has come up. So he might not be available for you there, but if you're able to pick him up, that's good on you, man. That's just good. That's good research for you guys. And, you know, another prospect that just got caught up recently that we've been in love with for the past couple of years, waiting for him to get caught up. And we're hoping to see if he plays out.
0: And that's Joe Adele here with the Anaheim Angels. Yeah. Now, before we get there, though, I just want to bring up the guy whose spot he's taking, and that's Brian Goodwin. Now, he's owned in 36% of leagues, and he's platooning mostly with uh, Justin Upton in left field. He takes mostly the left-handed pitchers. However, though, Goodwin has been solid. He's given you seven runs on 10 hits, three extra base hits, two homers, eight ribbies, a stolen base. He's batting for average at three he He's been solid. Upton has kind of been slacking. Obviously, Joe Adele, he's one of the prospects in all of baseball, so he's going to get his spot. I wouldn't be so quick to sell on Brian Goodwin. I have a feeling that there's some Justin Upton age issues, whatever it may be.
1: Yeah, he's probably an injury away, and you know I'm glad you mentioned that because Joe Adele sat out the last game due to some hamstring tightness and... You know, that's why Goodwin was playing right now in the game we're watching against the Rangers. So that's something to look out for. But, you know, there's a lot of questions asked if should you be wasting a lot of your Fabid bid on Joe Adele if you're in one of those type of leagues. Or, that's an uh, expensive buy. Yeah, it's an expensive buy or a number one waiver. And it's very. it really depends on the status of your team. Are you looking for an outfielder? Me particularly, I'm looking for an outfielder. If I saw Joel Dell was available, he was not. We have a buddy in our league that's really huge into prospects. He, listen,
0: before we get into him, Mr. Baton, I'd just like to foreground that he's part of the farm system for a certain organization.
1: Yeah, to not. we're not going to name the organization, but I seem like there's a little home cooking there. There's a little insight on when who's getting picked up day before, too.
0: All I'm saying is Cause that, that Joe Adele pickup was a little slick. You hear me, Lior? Listen, no karma. All I'm going to say here is that insider information does not just branch off to stocks or taxes. You got plenty of guys in your everyday mm-hmm. leagues. knowing some stuff, they shouldn't.
1: Yeah, and it's true, you know. Like I said, this, this guy's team is full of prospects, and he just loves them. He's done a pretty good job drafting his team. In you terms know, of dynasty. In terms of dynasty. That's not a dynasty league, but it's worked out so far. He went pretty high with Luis Roberts, which we were all pretty high on. Um, he drafted Akiyama from Cincinnati. Shogo. He, yep. And he was able to snag Kyle Lewis the week he got hot. And I was that was pretty much a slap hey. in the face because I saw that move coming and I was like, I, I don't think anyone's going to see it. And Kyle Lewis just got hot. But, you know, on the note of Kyle Lewis, if you were able to pick up Kyle Lewis and you're able to sell high right now on him, I would. Oh, I, would, I personally believe that on, on his value alone so far, you'll be you'll be able to trade him for a player that has more potential, more consistency, and more proven. And I know there's a lot of rookies that come out here or prospects that come up that just blow us away, Jordan Alvarez, last year. And Kyle Lewis may be the real thing, but that strikeout total is very worrisome.
0: and 17 or so. Yeah.
1: And, you know, it's something to keep an eye on. Here's the question. If you had Kyle Lewis and you're looking to pick up Joe Adele, you're making that switch or you're holding on to Lewis?
0: Well, if I'm in a five-outfield league, such as we, right now... I would try to get a trade going. You know what I mean? Yeah. Because, uh, I apologize. Uh, Because in terms of Kyle he's he's a top five hitter, I want to say, in terms of fantasy almost right now. If not top five, top ten for sure. Just point wise. But um, if I'm thinking long term, can he sustain it? No, because there's something about Seattle with these younger guys in the beginning of the season. I don't know if you remember last year it was, uh, he wasn't that young, but Domingo Santana was like the number one outfielder for five, six weeks or whatever. And then you also had Daniel Vogelbach as uh, the DH first baseman. But these guys had some of the hardest starts I've ever seen in fantasy baseball last year in 2019 So it fits into play that Seattle has these guys like Kyle Lewis going off. I would try to unload him the same way. I hate to bring it up because he's a good friend of mine and he's the producer of this show. But I swindled Cameron. I gave him Kike, a guy who's losing his job in two, three weeks to Gavin Lux. We're talking a guy who plays maybe three times every month. To Josh Bell, one of the coldest hitters in the league, I understand that. But one of the streakiest hitters as well.
1: Yeah, and and when that trade went down, I kind of figured that, you know, there's always going to be players in your league that want to, I wouldn't say panic, but, you know, Cameron had a point there. It's a short season. Sometimes you can't afford to be waiting for a player to, to get hot. But sometimes you can wait a week or two. It really depends on the player. Listen, Josh Bell last year (laughs) by the All Star break he was one of the top players in fantasy, and he just took the league by storm. And I do expect him to get back to that level. And it just takes time. That that whole Pirates offense is it just it's a shit show over there. But Josh Bell has the talent to get back to where he's usually at. And you know that was a pretty good trade from you. You're able to take a player that was hot. Target a player that was pretty cold, and there's a lot of players we're going to be talking about um, in this episode. That where you'd want to, you know, make some offers for the owners that have these certain type of players. And listen, if you're an owner of that Christian Yelich, oh, that's an interesting conversation. The Cody Bellingers, hey man, if if you're not going to get an offer that blows you away, don't you just, do it. You you really just can't do it, and <laughs> I'm saying that. I'm not a I'm not a Bellinger owner or Yelich owner, but I did I did field some offers for Christian Yelich and the Yelich owner, our boy Griffin. He literally said, "Hey, I'm not looking to make a trade right now," and that's totally fine because you know the type of talent you have at that point. You're not panicking. Christian Yelich would finish off the year, some of the best players in baseball. He's, but as of right now, he looks completely lost at the plate.
0: Listen, yeah, you're right. He's lost complete real quick though, and just. Wanted to mention, he's a top two MVP candidate last year. Most likely will be a top five candidate this year. Anyway, that being said, Christian Yelich is batting 111. Karma, 111. I'm not too confident in my batting abilities, but I think I could at least go (laughs) 0.5. So he's twice as good as a major leaguer as I am? I don't know. I'm just saying.
1: Yeah, yeah. well, that's, like, it's tough. You're, you're, you're drafting Christian Ellich in a top five pick. Top
0: three. What are you saying? Top yeah, five. Top
1: five, top three. I'm not sure where he went in this. I think he went fifth in this
0: draft. I think he we have fifth. some bozos. Yeah, I think
1: he went fifth in this draft, but <laughs> when he's performing at the way he is right now, it's very tough to just sit there and watch. But it's happened. The, look, the owners that drafted Ron Okuna, he started off pretty slow. He's gaining back in there. And... You know, there's a there's a bunch of other players that were drafted pretty early that are in, are in slow starts. But for as, as long as Christian Yelich is concerned, I'm not really worried about it. I don't know about you. I don't have any much stock in
0: Christian Yelich, but. How much, let's put it this way. You're a Christian Yelich owner. How much does it take to sway your mind?
1: I, I would need to hear some names. I would, it, it depends. I would love to get, if I'm a Christian LH owner, you give me a top
0: bat or a top pitcher. Are we talking top bat in terms of numbers? Cause in terms of that, we're talking Yaz, Yaz or Minsky. No, no, no. But you need the name too. Yeah,
1: I need the name. I need something that's proven. Cause listen, you're, you're, you're trading away an asset that's pretty bad right now, but you know, if,
0: you the have, second it turns around, you regret yeah, the it. the
1: second it turns around, you're going to regret it. So if you're selling low on Christian Yelich and and by week three, week four of the season, and he's picked up to Yelich's his peak. It's going to be it's, it's going to be really tough to watch some baseball for yourself.
0: But you
1: know, I'm thinking maybe if you pair a Chris Bryant and a Sonny Gray, I might take that. If I'm a Yelich owner.
0: That's a high price still. It is a high price. I respect it. I I understand. I you, you throw in a picture way. there. Put it this way: I own the MVP of this season as well as the Rookie of the Year, Mike Um <laughs> That's what I would take for him. So you are, you're one hundred percent right. Yeah. By I the way, this- Mike Mike MVP, two thousand twenty NL. <laughs>
1: Yeah, I know hey Yaz is gonna be the 30-year-old rookie of the year and I'm I'm going to be very happy to see He's it. It's like
0: the fourth oldest rookie of the year of all time.
1: But and I'll say the same thing for the Cody Bellinger owners out there. I don't know about you, but if you have a Cody Bellinger and someone gave you a low ball offer, I'm I'm declining. Wouldn't you? If someone gave you a no, if someone today gave you a Whit Merrifield for Cody Bellinger straight up, the way Merrifield has started, would you take it?
0: Listen, number wise, you're inclined to because yeah. Wood Merrifield is having an amazing year. Yeah. I'm glad you bring him up. But your heart says Cody Bellinger, that's fuck that's 50 <laughs> home runs a year. Yeah. And
1: you know, that's a problem when it becomes a shortened season, a lot of people are gonna panic here. So if you're one of these owners, I'm just gonna tell you right now, you take the offer that you're comfortable with and you know they're trading for name power here. If someone's hitting you up for your Christian Yelich and Cody Bellinger, is because they're betting on your player to come back because they know the type of value your player has. So don't be trading them for anything less than what you deserve. Hey, if you want to be that guy in your league that trades away your star player for some for some scrubs, just because he's had a slow two cold two stars, and I'm not talking about your your middle of the draft type player. I'm talking about your first round draft picks that are underperforming. And if you're that player that traded Juan Soto throughout the coronavirus, hey, I can't blame you for it. But when he comes back up in the next week or two, you're probably going to regret it. And but now let's talk about the players that are started pretty slow, that you didn't draft that early on. I'm talking about the third, four, five, six range. Let's move on to Pete Alonso in our draft. His ADP was at 33. Man, this guy looks completely lost.
0: Listen, the rookie of the year from last year in the NL, if I'm not mistaken, he put up 50-plus home runs. Uh, The panda bear, as we like to call him, one of our favorite players. Whew, this guy is ass. (laughs) I'm not going to lie to you. Listen, batting 180, to put that in perspective, he's had 50 at-bats, he's hit nine of them. One of them has been a homer, but 20 of those at bats have been strikeouts. This dude has only gotten a single hit in the last three games. Listen, Pete Alonzo, is it time to worry?
1: I with Pete Alonso here, it looks like it is time to worry because and I wasn't really a huge fan of him last year. You know, some man, the balls are fucking juiced.
0: It's it's not that they're juiced. It's just a little bit of a tighter stitching. <laughs> I, I you know. The
1: balls were juiced last year, and that could have been a product of that. And listen, I think P. Alonso is one of the players on this list that we're going to be talking about that I am not hitting up that owner for a low ball offer. It's not worth my time. But if you're owner of P. Alonzo, hey, you just got to ride it out. There's really, really shit you could do about it because an R-League I know. Griffin, wow. Griffin took him early. I think second, third round, and we looked at it. I remember I, we were talking about it. I was like, "Man, that's early."
0: We, yeah, you're right. I, was I like, remember that's yep. an
1: early pick, and some people you're just blinded by the production that they had the year before, and I can't blame some players for that. But now I'm not. I'm not shooting offers for Pete Alonso.
0: You know, I'm glad you say that because there's one player. Who everyone was so so high on. Who I I wouldn't give you my worst, worst reliever pitcher for. This dude, Glaber Torres. Oh my goodness. And yeah. I bring this-I bring this up because you a Yankees fan. I want to see your perspective. I mean, the guy's batting 132, 5 for 38. He's 0 for 21 in the last six. Where do you see this going, man?
1: Yeah, it's been a pretty it's a it's been a pretty bad start for Glaber and for Gary Sanchez there for the Yankees lineup. But you know, it's I might be biased here, but I wouldn't be afraid to shoot an offer to the Glaber Torres owner if I'm someone in the league that's looking for some help in the infield. Because it only takes one week and listen, Glaber Torres is one of the is in one of the best offensive lineups in the league. You could say the Yankees, you could say the Dodgers, you could say the Twins, for example. But labor Torres, if he's able to get on that streak, and I know a lot of people are looking forward to that series he had against Baltimore, and nothing really came from that. But I, me personally, I'm going for Glaber Torres. I know he's batting 132 here, has one home run, two RBIs, nothing special there, but that bat's able to come, and it's still short in the season. It's still short in the season here, and it does hurt from where you drafted him. And as a Yankees fan, I cannot believe that Glaber Torres was drafted ahead of DJ LeMahieu.
0: Oh, that's a that's a brilliant point you brought up. I'm glad you brought it up because the guy is batting basically 500. And the issue before with DJ, Deju- uh, excuse me, DJ LeMahieu was oh he he plays in Colorado. That's why his splits are so weird. Blah blah blah. DJ LeMayhew is saying, shut up to the fucking haters. He's putting up. He's making you shut up. And I love it. Dude, I've been a fan of DJ LeMayhew since he was in Colorado. Ever since I saw that first base, second base, third base. You know, he plays everything in terms of fantasy.
1: For, For fantasy, he's one of the type of players. Him, Max Muncy, David Fletcher. You just love to see it. You put him in there any day of the week can move them around in the infield but DJ LeMay new batting around like 420 right now and I was telling you earlier this week that man he has a chance to stay up he has a chance to stay above 400 which is unlikely I know that but last year man the numbers he had last year as well he had an MVP type season I know it came to Mike Trout but DJ LeMay was there and as a Yankees fan I'm just waiting for that extension extend my boy DJ right now cash man Extend them right now. And moving on, <laughs> if you're a Jose Altuve
0: owner, how are you feeling right now? Okay. From my perspective, as an Alex Bregman owner, listen, Alex Bregman's doing solid. I'm totally happy. You know, uh, he's holding it down for the Jewish tribe, as I like to say. But uh, any which who. The Astros superstars are batting just how the world wanted them to bat.
1: Yeah. And if you're looking at the top bats for the Astros, I think earlier this week, Altuve, Bregman, and George Springer combined were batting under 200. Beautiful. And it really makes you fucking think. It really makes you think, man. And it's a sad thing in baseball when you see these type of players and you're just... We're just amazed by them in fantasy the last couple of years and what they were able to do on the field for you. I know I've had my shares of Altuve, Correa. Now this year. I don't want anything to do with these type of players. I'm still going for, you know, if you if you're able to get a pretty good offer for an Altuve or a Bregman owner, I'll probably do it. Even for George Springer. But the way they're hitting right now, it really just makes you think as a as a baseball fan on what the hell was happening the last couple of years. And but. Altuve still, he's batting 10 for 52, three home runs, 14 strikeouts. These guys look lost at the plate in Houston.
0: You know, some people would say that they're batting the way they should or how they want them to or whatever it may be, given how the world feels about the cheating situation. Personally, I'm more shocked that no one has really thrown at them. And secondly, I didn't think they would be this affected by the whole situation because yeah. in my opinion Jose Altuve, Correa, Bregman Springer uh, even Yuli Gurriel Yuli Gurriel is
1: doing pretty well for the Astros right now but we talked about it before the season started on how affected these players were going to be by the whole situation and hey, it's starting off to look pretty slow starts for these guys and if you're not Altuve owner you're probably not feeling too hot right now but I'd hold on to him because Altuve is the type of player that you just needs a couple swings in there. Same with Bregman. You're you're talking about some MVP type players, regardless of what happened in the past and jokes aside, these players are the, have the top of talent to pull it all around. Well, that leads to another player that I want to talk about that where it's very, the track record wasn't really there. And me personally as honor got completely fooled by it. And I was high on him. You were too, because I know you had stocks in him last year, and we had him pretty high. He almost made the top twelve hitters list in our in our rankings, and that's Rafael Devers here, which he dropped in our draft. His ADP here is in the twenty, at twenty right here in his ADP, and I was able to take him in the third round. And I remember when we were drafting, I was like, "How is this guy still on the board?" I took Freddie, I took Garrett Cole in the sixth pick, took Freddie Freeman. And then it was between Freddie Freeman and Devers when I was drafting that the end. And I was like, you know what? Let me get my boy Freeman here. I really love what Freeman's able to do. I love that Atlanta Braves offense. He's like, I'm going to go Freeman. And then I see Devers dropping, Devers dropping, Devers dropping. And in my head, you know, sometimes you, you have a plan going into a draft. And this is where I completely messed up. And hopefully I'm able to make some moves throughout the throughout the season and fix the mistakes you have. Because... You know, I'm the number one person that always says it to all of our friends after drafts is you do not win your league on draft day. You win it by the trades you make and the acquisitions you make in free agency. And that's why these podcasts help a lot. But I took a shot at Devers there. I saw the I saw the value in the third round and, I, and where we had him going into the season. But. So far, man, it looks like he's just completely lost. And I know he's the type of player that's able to turn it back around, but he's hitting 200 average. He didn't do so well today. Nine for 45, one home runs, two RBIs, 16 strikeouts. And it's one of the most disappointing starts so far for me personally because we were so high on a player like Devers, and he just hasn't been able to show even – sometimes you look at the at-bats and you're just like, is this the – third baseman that took the league by storm last year for the Red Sox. And I know Mookie Betts is longer in the lineup, but they still have Xander. They still have JD. It may not help that Ben Attendee is slowing down there, leading off for the Boston Red Sox. So it, it may help pitchers go straight after JD, straight after Devers. But Xander's still... Hey, the X-Man is still performing at high value. And Listen. Me personally... I'm trying to move Devers and I know I've filled some offers out there and a lot of players, a lot of owners in our league haven't really taken the buy yet, but I'm holding on as of right now. Maybe I could get something done, but also another player I'm talking about that has. Yeah, I know you had him on our notes saying one of the overhyped players, and I was just pretty excited. I was able to snack Keston here in the draft to fill out my infield along with Devers, but man, this guy. I don't know if it's a slow start from Christian Yelich or just the Milwaukee Brewers offense in general, but Kisten Hira has not been the player that he was when he came into the league last year, halfway into the season. And it's very disappointing. And it's really hard to be able to trade these type of players because Kisten Hira and Devers don't have that much of a track record
0: where you're able to tell them like, hey. No, you're, you're 100% right. Uh, in terms of Kesten and Rafael Devers... There are two players who had their breakout years last year. So if you're dealing in a fantasy league of guys who don't really keep up with the league in terms of who's the superstars in AAA, AA, who are the prospects coming up, they don't really care about Rafael Devers or Keston Hiura. But in terms of fantasy baseball, these two guys were literally the princes promised. You know, Devies was drafted in the 6th, 7th, 8th round last year, ended up being one of the top. I want to say top eight players in all of fantasy last year. Excuse me if I'm uh, freeballing here. But he was good. I had him. I know he was good. Now, both of these players are guys that should win you leagues. That's why their ADPs are 20 and 48. To say that they're not going to continue at the level that they had. It's hard to say they won't. But it's also not that hard to say that they will, just given the fact it's one or two years of them doing that.
1: Yeah, of course. And, you know, we're about four weeks left of the season at this point by the time you listen to this episode. And it gets really tough out there starting off 0-2. 1-1, and, 2. 1 and 1, you pretty have a good shot. 2-0, and 0, you're still looking pretty good unless some things happen. But there's still some time out there to make some moves, guys. And... You know, to wrap up the episode, we have some of the pitches we're looking at. If you're worried about with some slow starts, if you're able to put in an offer to steal that pitcher away from their from their owner and starting off, I know you took one with some drafts, and that's Charlie Morton. How are you feeling how Charlie Morton started off the season so far?
0: Listen, now I went a little early on Charlie Morton. His uh ADP throughout all leagues is around forty six point two. I went and uh, pulled the trigger at 36. Now, my, I was thinking I was going to get Cy Young, Charlie Morton. I was disappointed in that first, first start. He only went four innings, gave up six runs, the seven hits, blah, 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 blah. He had an awful first first outing. However, though, call me crazy. In terms of these older pitchers, I'm not too worried about their first hell I'd say first three starts however you have to be able to afford these first three losses but I I don't think these these old guys because they didn't really have their spring training in terms of building up the right way it had that break in between blah 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 whatever you may say I'm not worried really about Charlie Morton because in his most recent start yeah he only went five and a half gave up five hits but he gave you the five k's and one earned run did and in terms of ESPN scoring, he gave you uh, twenty points. If he gave you the win, give you twenty five points. If he builds on that, not worried at all.
1: You wouldn't be, you wouldn't be looking to trade uh, Charlie Morton. Someone came after you uh, with a low ball offer or somewhere. Where you, what, what would you like for a player like Charlie Morton? What type
0: of pitcher are you looking for? For Charlie Morton, I want to get myself a top 10 pitcher who is slacking. And when I say by that, I mean someone like a Walker Bueller who isn't really performing in terms of what he would have wanted. Cause I'm not going to lie to you. I also have Blake Snell. I understand he's on the pitch limit, pitch count limit, but both of those guys, Snellzilla and Charlie Morton, regardless of age, I just feel like they have so much nasty stuff to throw. I'm not giving him up unless I'm starstruck.
1: And moving on with one of the pretty much stars of the season last year, up and coming players was uh, Lucas Giolito. You know, his ADP was, he has shown that his stock had risen up from his performance in last year. And I was able to pick him up last year as a streaming option. <laughs> I ended up well, keeping you, him for the rest of the year.
0: You worked the league, my
1: friend. And, and uh, but now if you're a, and, you know, Giolito was a type of pitcher that I wasn't really sure if I wanted to come back at because he wasn't that good before. And he had his good season last year. And you kind of say, okay, was it just a one-time thing? Is he going to work on some things? And he started off pretty slow. And he has the offense to help him, give him that run security there. But, you know, he's 1-1, one and 15 one, inning pitch. The strikeouts are there, but the eight walks are something to look at here. The control is kind of off. And he has a 5.17 ERA. And how do you feel about Julio so far of the season?
0: Listen, you know, I'm not gonna lie to you, his first outing was awful. You know, uh, if I'm not mistaken, he gave up like four or six runs or something like that in that first outing. But since then, he has a uh, strike-to-walk ratio of 15 to 5, and that's going over the previous, uh, the next 12 innings that he pitched. So you can see that that improvement, that superstar talent that we all saw last year, it's still there. So we put him on this list just because some people who draft Giolito may, may have drafted him just because they, they see the super high rank and all these projections. They don't really know what he is being a second-year pitcher, basically. Depending on the owner of Giolito, you may be able to fleece him. You may be able to offer someone who's had maybe three really, really solid starts. And I hate to say it because I don't want to sell them. But uh, like, for instance, like a Denilson-Lamette. Amazing first three starts. He almost no-hit the Dodgers before he he got taken uh, in the sixth or seventh, I believe. But hey, someone who doesn't really follow too much, you know, that... The guy who can be persuaded by hot starts and whatnot. Giolito, I feel like, is, is the type of guy who you could target, who could end up filling out your rotation and winning you the league.
1: And to wrap it up, another pitch on our list. I know last week we had said that we had, we had put him up on our rankings list just because he had that time to recover from his knee injury. And that's Mike Clevenger. He was drafted still pretty early on in the third, fourth rounds here with his ADP at 33.4. You know, 101 first start. He's playing for the Cleveland Indians here, yet still the offense is starting to pick up, so you will have that run support coming up. And 15 strikeouts, but these the walks here with 10 walks and sixteen inning pitch, man. Is it, just, is it just getting the rust
0: off here for Mike Clevenger, or is it something to be worried about as a fantasy owner? But in terms of worry or sell, I don't do it. However, though, if you have someone in your league who's a Mike clevenger owner, who's apprehensive after that like one-on-one start and like the 10 walks and whatever it may be, you know, like the first game, uh, he put up 19 points, then it was a negative seven, and then another 19 points. someone doesn't like that inconsistency and doesn't trust Clevy to get back into point the way that we all know he probably can. Buy that boy. Because, listen, uh, one of my favorite things, he's unveiling uh, a new pitch this year. It's basically a cutter. He was uh, asked by uh, Mandy Bell of MOB.com. And he said, it seems like a misfired fastball is all. I don't know. End quote. And then he continued on later saying, keeping that cat in the bag as long as possible. So <laughs> you're telling me that this guy has a pitch. It's an uncontrolled fastball that somehow lands in the zone, and I'm holding on to him. This dude can throw after the injury. He's still throwing that
1: 95-96. Yeah, and, you know, same with me. Unless I'm blown away by an offer, I'm able to get a good package with with a nice bat here and maybe a pretty good prospect. <laughs> like a Denelson on the Met that you brought up, the Nate Pearsons, the Zach Plesax. If you're able to pair something like that to your Clevenger owner. I just... Maybe you take the bite, especially with some of these pitchers here. Sometimes if you ever get a good package here, it's not wrong to take the deal. But don't be fooled by the hot starts. You know, someone comes at you and starts to offer you Dylan Bundy for your Walker Buehler.
0: Your Mike Yaz for your... (laughs) Hey, you know, I'm not going to lie. I'll take a... As a Yaz owner, I'll take a Mike Yaz for Mookie Betts.
1: Yeah, like... Sometimes you just got to let those owners buy. And, you know, some owners are going to try it. Some people are going to try to pair their Kyle Lewis's with a nice little tier three pitcher for your your underperforming Luis Castillo's. You're underperforming Charlie Morton's. Your pitch count Blake Snell, which is really annoying to see. I know we knew that coming into the season that Tampa Bay was going to protect his innings limit but man the guy was pitching lights out um early on this afternoon against the yankees
0: and hey i hate to say it but like the typical development of a guy coming on a pitch it's you builds an inning every start or a plus 15 pitches every start he's been stagnant at three innings and 50 pitches he's been stagnant and it is so frustrating as an owner but I can't give him up because I know what the 2018 Snellzilla does.
1: Yeah, and that sometimes Hey, like I know there's a lot of owners out there that drafted Yordan Alvarez and he still hasn't came back off the IL. And I think he just reported to camp today, taking batting practice, running the bases. There's gonna be another week or two away. But once your boy Yordan comes, <laughs> those balls are gonna be fucking flying. So but sometimes when you're when you're drafting a hitter or a pitcher that knows coming in injured or coming in off a limit, you gotta have some patience with these players. And even when your players are coming off with the cold start, the Bellinger owners, the Christian Ellings owners, the Bragman owners, hey, hold on in there. If you get an offer that you can't refuse, and hey, and sometimes you just gotta do what you gotta do. But these slow starts happen all the time. It just really sucks that this year, six weeks long, and it's a very short season. So sometimes you really got to make a move. And I'm in that position where right now I'm trying to make moves here. I'm not really worried right now in the season. I'm looking at a one-on-one start. We'll see how this weekend goes for me. But I know there's moves that need to be made regardless of how my team looks. But just keep your eye out there on the a while. Some pitchers to stream. You know, the streaming always works. We have some pitchers coming up. Spencer Turnbull pitching on Sunday against the Pittsburgh Pirates. It should be a pretty good matchup for him. He's looked like a reinvented pitcher out there. Even though Matthew Boyd today. Hey, Matthew Boyd, screw you. Um, You know, I started Matthew Boyd today hoping that he'll be able to bounce back against Pittsburgh Pirates. That didn't really work out well. Yeah, I have Christian Javier this weekend pitching. He's been looking lights out for the Houston Nationals. It looks like they have a pretty good rookie there.
0: And I hate to interrupt you, but you didn't even bring up the guy out of Cincinnati, Tyler Molly. I mean, yeah, he's only owned in like 5.7% of leagues, but he's going up against Kansas City and Pittsburgh. He already has a 1.8 URA. He's giving you the 10Ks, three walks. I mean, in his last matchup against Bieber, he was just as good as him. A-
1: yeah, and Tamae has looked pretty good out there for so far, so hey, streamer options are always going to be there. We're going to be here to give you guys some of the insight on the two-start pitchers of the week coming up, and also some streamers to look out for on the
0: bats and on the pitching side. Hey, I mean, that being said, I feel like we got it covered for this week in terms of baseball. We got our hitters, we got our pitchers, we got some targets to go after, and... In terms of next week, I feel like what we can really go over, we'll get you some more trade targets. We'll get you some more uh, buy low. We we might even throw in some sell highs. There's definitely going to be some free agent opportunities available. Hey, I think it's a beautiful time also to throw in, you know, kind of like a wrap up of the NBA season. Give you some playoff previews. Yeah,
1: very excited. Some of the basketball games have been pretty good so far. I know some of the Teams have taken some back seats now that the Lakers and Milwaukee have secured the number one spots, but there's still some teams fighting for some playoff seedings. You got Memphis, you got Portland, got the Spurs and the Suns looking to get in there. Brooklyn's looking good. Sounds to me like
0: we got a whole lot to talk about in the next episode. Guys, thank you so much for tuning in. We'll see you soon. Stay safe. Stay healthy as usual. Peace out. Thanks for joining us this week on the Worst Guys Fantasy Podcast. Please make sure to subscribe, rate and review our podcast, and follow us on Twitter at WorstGuysPod. You can send your questions to our email
1: theworstguysfantasypod@gmail.com. theworstguysfantasypod at gmail.com. Tune in next week for our next segment.